Oh, so, um, another week, another podcast. Uh, yeah. I, now I want to ask a question, which which is completely irrelevant to what we wanted to talk about today. Um, but uh, in this episode, we wanted to talk about some world building stuff. Mm. What we're doing to make it work for us and things like that. Yes. That's not a good introduction. Is it? <laughs> it really isn't, no. <laughs> we're doing stuff and that about a universe. <laughs> yeah, we're doing stuff that. We're going to spraff about a universe creation. <laughs> so we both like Terry Pratchett. Oh, yes. The king of universe creation. The king oh of my universe God. creation. Oh. Um, mm. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. Yes was building a universe mm. um, and of course he built probably one of the most interesting uh satires on modern um well in fact life on humans i think uh on human yeah. behavior uh with his discworld series um and uh, i don't think we're going to come anywhere near as close Try. <laughs> I don't think we'll succeed today, at least. But uh... but this is um, murdering a podcast. This week, it's all about creating a universe, and uh, we'll be back after this. Welcome to murdering a podcast: two writers' journey to produce a narrative murder mystery. Uh, just uh, let's for a second just talk about about Discworld because we're sort of I'm trying to relate what we're doing but with something that is sort of tangible and people can go out and look at right now and go well this is this is what a world looks like so to what is that oh creating worlds okay mm. Okay. It's a book that I have if, if for the people who are listening. It's that. called Creating World <laughs> and How to Make Immersive Theatre by Jason Warren. It is a really good book. I haven't finished it, but just what I... Sorry, I interrupted Is it a recommendation you. if people are, are... It is. I would recommend it because one okay. of the things that he says is the first rule is that there are no rules in creating a universe. Um, so, <laughs> and he's like, just, Very just go with it. Very bloody helpful. That's... <laughs> <laughs> it was, but no. Is then as you go through, what he does is he gives you some, you know, some uh, things that he's learned through trial and error. Yeah, it's particularly yeah. when it comes to live immersive universes and stuff, right. and, and how to right. use spaces. Um, some of the stuff we kind of found out by accident. We just went, oh well, it makes sense to do this, and then it, and we well, didn't understand is, how it worked, and now I do. The, this is the problem, isn't it? That that, that mm. everybody does stuff slightly differently, and and in. In one episode, at some point, we're going to be talking about structure and how to structure story and things like that. And uh, I'm shocked, really, I, and I suppose I shouldn't be because I've been looking at them for the best part of 20-odd years, how many different structures there are out there that you can mm. use to write. But the same is true of world building, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, you can do what was it, inner or outer world building or, you know, you, you can treat it as if the world is the character and then everything else is put into it or the, the world is incidental to the character and it yeah. it's 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 all um it depends on you and who how you write and how you you work so what is it that we mean about creating a universe what what are we dealing with when we when we say because are we because Kiltendale you you started um to do the live shows with didn't you yeah, I started that about, God, about five, six years ago now. Um, so did that start because you needed a place to set stuff and it was just a handy place to set stuff? Or was it more that you had uh, an idea that you wanted to do something and then went away and went, right, I have to create a place first? It, yeah, I think it, it was a big mixture of both. It was more of a... Um, I need somewhere to set this. I am yeah. terrible at geography. And so I'm going to make it up. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't remember how I came up with Kiltondale because it was like, I wanted the word kill in it. <laughs> well, sure. You know, um, and there was well, a lot of It's a very names, British but... thing, isn't it? That sort of oh. adding a ton. Ton is, uh, for for anybody in, in the Americans, uh, let's do it, is a little bit like Ville in the, the way that the word, was created in that mm. ton is just a, another way of saying town. Yeah. 
or it's a, an abbreviation or no contraction of isn't it um mm. which we just stick on as suffixes on on, on things so this is this is actually a fun or, fact yeah. i don't know if it's actually relevant but it's just a pointless fun fact um cabri world you know where bourneville I, it yes got called, yes yeah how it got its name born yeah. because it's on the river born and ville because it but, sounded cool because <laughs> it's a yes that's what they say when you go to Cabri World and you yeah. do the tour. That's what they actually tell you is, yeah, we're on the River Bourne, but we just also thought that Ville sounded really cool. <laughs> it's like, but they were also the first people to give, um, I think, their employees proper sort of health care and pensions. They really Yeah, they were very good. I, my parents had a friend who they worked gave them there. Chocolate. They chocolate. They gave everybody chocolate. That's just they just give everybody chocolate. Mm. If you ever get a chance to go to Cabri's World, and Twice. I have to admit, I haven't been there for a very, very long time, and now I'm diabetic, shouldn't go there again. But, well, I'll uh, have all your a... chocolate. We can go, right? And I'll have all... I it's don't well mind making it. that sacrifice. The thing that I remember when I was a kid, and we, we, we it was one of those things that, oh, look, there's this place called Capri's World, and they give you lots of chocolate, was when you went there and they you had the Aztec chocolate, which had the, the chilli in it. I, I always remember that that flavour, and I've had other chocolates with chilli in, in in the... the past and they've never been as good as that particular mm. mix whatever they do with it well, probably find out they put something Cabri- horrible in it maybe, but that's how the cabris started isn't it because it did a- originally have some chili or something i can't remember it's no that's while, how chocolate but- started because oh, it, it, it's, it's it's south american isn't it so yes. tribes in south america would mix cocoa powder with chilies and things and that that was one of the the blends that they had but it's mm. very nice, very warming on a cold day mm. to have chilli in your chocolate. Or down your trousers. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're veering a bit from the point, um, which is what happens when you put chocolate down your trousers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've well, lost it now. Podcast, I'll just it. take just... it off in a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, so creating a universe. We were talking about that. It's it's it's. What do we mean by that? Because that's. I think that's a really good question that you asked. Is what do we actually mean by creating a universe? Yeah, it's okay. So there's there's different ways you can do it. So that and I we've sort of hinted on in the past, and I meant to write some notes down and then just didn't. <laughs> um, so uh, creating you you know what is the world that you're setting if you're writing a sitcom the universe is the sit part of it the situation part of it Mm. um but in fantasy and if we talk about sort of writing fantasy books then i know a lot of people have sat down to write fantasy books in fact i know several people personally who've sat down to write fantasy books who spend so long building the world that they're going to live on much like tolkien did actually but although he sort of focused more on language than uh, the world to begin with um but they spend so long doing that, they never actually sit down and write a book in the foot. In finally, you know, they, they they put all the time. Oh no! Well, I've created this place over here. I've just got to populate it with ten thousand people before I start. You yeah, know, and I've got it, to come up with all the character names, all the character yeah. names, all the place names, all the history of it. Yeah, my that's my problem. Is I I have this. You know, my um, fixation <laughs> on slight details of things. We've, and we've discovered that I'm yeah that you're you're very detail orientated, and I'm very big picture orientated. And so it means yeah. that we have different approaches to it. But then that's going to mean that we have different approaches to world building as well. That's... Yes. Um, it is It is a danger, though. I think you've got a good point. It is a danger, especially if you're a detailed orientated person where you're building your world and then you get a bit carried away and you're like, well, I've just got to create all of these. And then I've got to create this. And then, I've got, and then like two years later, you're like, I still haven't written the novel or the script or done anything. <laughs> but I've got this really cool world that I've been... <laughs> Um, no one's going to be interested in that because it doesn't have a story. But yeah, I mean that no, is well, that is part no, of the exactly. danger. Yeah. But it's I mean there's quite a few. I mean um, Game of Thrones did a beautiful job of creating a world. But I think like it would be interesting to find out. And I've not seen any interviews or read any interviews with George R. R. Martin who talked talk, talking about how he wrote it, whether mm. he came up with the world. For, I mean he must have had some idea about the the the. The things, or did he just have an idea about the different houses and uh, and then try and pit them against one another? It's very interesting. To, if you're a yeah. writer, it's incredibly interesting. If you're not, then maybe not. You'll be know. falling asleep in a minute. You'll be falling asleep, um, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing I find, it's I did, I did watch one podcast, one interview with him, and he was talking. Yeah, he was talking about um, you know the he started with the concept 
of not liking um, most fiction where it's good is good and evil is evil and good always prevails over evil. And he said that human beings are infinitely more complex than that and good doesn't always prevail because some there's there's no such thing as good and evil. You've got varying degrees and spectrums of people who are... It reminds me of something that Terry Pratchett said, which was, and I'm probably going to paraphrase, that uh, people aren't good or evil, they're people. Yes, they're intrinsically flawed. Yeah. Um, and we're all a work, a, a work in progress. And I think that's where George R.R. Uh, Martin, no, I'm going to get his wrong. Did I get his name right? No, that was right. That was right. Hey! <laughs> it's difficult because R.R. R. Martin and J.R. Tolkien, it's just, yes. you know. I get the two confused. I, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Uh, that's my dyslexic brain kicking in. Um so yeah, George, so we, George R. J. R. J. Martin is going to yeah, be a pen name somewhere along the line, isn't it? It's going to be. It's going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he started with that idea, and he said, you know, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want there to be a good versus evil. Yeah. Um, and there were times in in, and this is one of the things I really really enjoyed, other than the fact that he kept killing off my own favourite bloody characters. Um, I, although I do like writers you can't trust who have this habit of killing off your favourite characters. Um, I simultaneously dislike them very much because they yeah. kill off my favourite characters. But there were points in it where you're going, yeah, I'm cheering for this. Oh, no, my my favourite character's fighting for the wrong side. No, naughty character. And, you know, there are, there's confusion. because some There's points where you don't know who you're cheering for I I think that's the way it's set up isn't it you know you're you're not meant to know who the good guy and the bad guy is you know exactly like you said you know he's he's throwing people into a pot and going well they would do this whether or not you like the fact that they do it or not that's what they would do but that's a good way of writing you know that's Mm. it's um there's a there's a term in writing called kill your babies and it's you know anytime you've got something and you are so happy with it and so sure about it and you know you, you like it so much take it out of the story and see if your story can survive without it because if it can it's probably probably don't need it as good as it might be. And I think there was, what well, there's another quote, if it doesn't get the ring to Mordor, cut it out. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> that I will remember yes. forever. Which is um, a difficult sell when you're writing Mary Poppins. Yeah, it is, Because, you know, let's go fly a kite, does it get the ring to Mordor? Well, not really. But you fly a kite. <laughs> And Winnie the Pooh was a right nightmare. To write. <laughs> um, he got the ring stuck in a jar of honey. I mean, he did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some really good examples, as you said, about uh, for for authors who have created these magnificent worlds, and it is creating sort of it's like a parallel universe, isn't it? That that's essentially what creating a universe is. It's saying, well, we can't set it in our current universe. We're going to create something outside of this. Marvel Universe do it. Brilliantly. Oh, Marvel Universe did it very, very well, yeah. Mm, and and they, actually, I because I read a lot of fantasy, um, I've been reading a lot of urban fantasy. Mm. Now, I, want to, I have to have a caveat on that because there's two sorts of urban fantasy. There is urban fantasy, which is essentially some 50-year-old woman's sex dream about having <laughs> wild and passionate uh, romances with somebody who can turn into a bear. Um, these things happen. <laughs> You've got to be very careful if you're picking up urban fantasy books. And then there's urban fantasy like Jim Butcher, who wrote The Dresden Files. Mm. Um, and that's what I've been reading. So Jim Butcher, uh, uh, Ben Aronovich, who does uh, the Peter Grant series, which is set in London, which are fantastic, which if you haven't read, I will buy you one for your birthday because they're great. Um, it will go on my ever-growing pile of books I- that I have to read. <laughs> <laughs> when it, yeah, well, the first one is Chronicles of St. Mary's because now Vadney and I have both read that now. And um, it, that's, yeah, you have to right, do that's that. That's my one. birthday present, July. My birthday's in July. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I will read it. I've, I, honestly, I've got this ever growing. It, it's all um, writing related stuff or, or behavior related yeah, stuff you, for you current need creation some and fun stuff, and stuff like, as well, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I want to read some fiction Cause, again. Because I, I do that occasionally. I will go, oh, no, but I'm going to go. Or listen to podcasts or stuff, depending mm. on. I've got loads of podcasts that I listen to that are industry related that mm. I just enjoy, you know, hearing what's going on because I've not been in the industry for quite a while so uh it's nice to to kind of catch up with things that are going on and hear some behind the scenes stories and things like that 
But um, uh, yeah, at, at some point you need to go, no, I need something which is fun and I can just put on and and relax to rather than I have to constantly be learning. Otherwise, I think you burn out, you know. But then you see, the problem I, I is my brain back. does the I have to constantly be learning because it hyperfixates <laughs> on shit that yeah, I don't yeah. necessarily want to hyperfixate on, but it goes, but I'm going to. to fixate on that. Oh, I did like, it yesterday. I, I have been meaning since Christmas to start watching Around the World in 80 Days. You know, the big thing, David Tennant got to watch this series because, you know... Um, I, what Tash is alluding to with that is Around the World with Willy Fogg. Yay! Which I have on DVD I here. I that when I was a kid. I, am, I love this show. It's brilliant. And it, it still amazing. it still is brilliant. I mean, it's got some bits in it where you go, yeah, okay, that's a bit old-fashioned. And, you know, just in terms of animation style or the way that they put it together. But it's really good. It's really that's good. If you, haven't, if you haven't seen it, then but it's go got out and such grab a good it. You can get a whole box set of it. It's got such a good theme tune, though, that when you say Around the World in 80 Days, you just go... That's the one that you think of. And the last time I watched that, I was 10. There'll be a copyright claim on this video. There will be. But I was 10. No, it's fine. I'm out of tune. We're good. Yes, that's true. That's the way that it works. They won't figure it out because I'm completely out of tune and slightly offbeat. So we're good. Um... But yeah, sorry, carry on. You were saying watching Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, yeah, I, so yeah, I wanted to watch... Yes, I wanted to watch that. And then every time <laughs> I've started going to watch it and I've put iPlayer on and I've got the, the thing comes up and the BBC advert comes up and I go skip it and then the titles... And then I just go, oh no, well, hang on, I'll be out. I just want to watch this YouTube video first. Mm. Every oh, single God, time. time. And it's yeah. always at the moment, it's because we're doing this, it's about podcasting or about website design or something like that. So, yeah, it, 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 that's that's been my life. For However, I wanted Don't to start return. <laughs> I'm going to leave the TikTok stuff to yeah. you because you know what you're doing with it. So it's fine. Well, I don't, but it's fun. But, okay, okay, yeah. Um, so ever since, uh, no, I'm, 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 I wanted to go back. That's what I wanted to go back to the yes. idea that whenever you create uh, something like we've been doing is that you're essentially creating a world that runs alongside it. The worlds that work that run alongside it are things like Jim Butcher's Dresden Files. Because it once once you finish the story, it leaves the world as it is. So it makes it more believable that the, the world can exist in our world that we're in at the moment. Mm. Whereas a lot of them and even Marvel are doing it to some extent, that then Marvel have gone off on a tangent going, well, this is this universe and in this universe this happens, which I think is a perfectly fine thing to do. But some of the ones which you think feel like they should be set in our world uh you know a group of hidden people discovery of witches was a bit like this although did yeah. it very well um at some point you get to that moment where you go but hang on people would know about this so why don't people know about this and it just yeah. breaks that suspension of disbelief but i yeah. thought it was very interesting what you were saying about, about setting up a sort of a, a, a separate world that runs alongside our world because actually if you're writing any sort of fiction whether it's meant to be hyper-realistic or completely surreal, I think you need to do that. And I think it's yeah. especially important if you're doing something which is meant to be set now. Because mm. if it's set now, let's say you wrote something, you know, two, three years ago, let's say, um, and you put heavy politics in it in terms of sort of modern politics in it. The problem is a year later, that stuff's all out of date. Well, it what comes around goes around because to an extent, there but no, are I, mirrors I mean, to stuff that happened in the eighties. So we sure, can now sure, watch eighties sure. shows and go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, still relevant. Sure, no, but I'm I'm talking about if you had something and and it said, oh, and our Prime Minister Boris Johnson, yeah, then that that is very very quickly goes out of date. However, if you put a different Prime Minister in place, like they've mm. done in the past with Doctor Who, 
Yes. Uh, you put a different prime minister in place. That is that show is still going to be relevant no matter what because it sets itself in a separate universe and it's it's saying to the audience you don't need to worry about that. Hitchcock had a saying. I know I'm monopolising this discussion right now. Hitchcock yeah, fun, had a saying that if you uh, confuse an audience, they try and uh, and think rather than emoting, hmm. and you want your audience to emote. Yes, that's the most important thing. If they stop doing that, and this is why, like I think we might mention, murder mystery and comedy doesn't aren't usually good bedfellows. Mm. So figuring out how that has to work together is is another thing uh, that that we're we're having to do. Sorry, yeah, that was a bit bit of a ramble. <laughs> We we know we need to create our own universe. We've yes. established that parallel universes. That's parallel what universes. We're talking about. Yeah. How did you go about creating Kiltondale? What was the things that is the triggers that went? Okay, well, we need to have this, or we need to do that. Um, well, it started like well, like I say, it started off because I am genuinely terrible at my geography and. and Trying to set it somewhere that exists in our current timeline or in our in our current universe or on this planet, someone's going to know that place. And yeah. then you have to be really careful about the street names. You want to get it right. You want to get the accuracy. Um, some I can't remember who it's, it was. Someone said to me, that's a bit of advice I have. I've, ha I've had in writing is um, the more extreme the concept, the more realistic you have, the more you have to stick to the rules of physics and yeah, the more realistic yeah. it has to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to try it. Yeah. There's certain truths that you have to make sure that you put in because otherwise it becomes too unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you can make up well, some I, stuff, that's but a you, lot like, like, if you have magic, it still has to fit in with the rules. Sure. That, I was going to say that's a lot like having a magic, uh, having rules for magic and most, again, most fantasy the authors who have um uh who have magic in their worlds have some sort of magic system that you have you mm -hmm. can't go outside the room because it makes it more believable yes and that's it it's, it's having those sort of rules that you do and that's part of having the universe and in with this one particularly it started off with just kiltondale just the town of kiltondale um and then it sort of expanded and i moved up into staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent's quite interesting because it has six different towns making up one town. Um, and I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I like that. So that's where that came from. And then there's just a few other towns dotted on. So in, I can never remember the six towns. It's like trying to rem remember all the reindeer. Um, Santa's reindeer. But yeah, well, there's, there, there there's are... Dasher and Dancer and Donner and Blitz and Comet and Cupid and Vomit and Grumpy. Siston. <laughs> 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 and that's something you don't want a grumpy system. And no, no. Um, but yeah, so you've got the six towns and then you have like a couple of other towns that, that are kind of tacked on, but they're not part of Stoke on Trent. I'm not Stokey. So if you are a Stokey, please correct me in terms of how it all came together. But because I know that it, it's quite a precious thing. Um, but I like the idea of that. And that's where that then came from. And then we all sat down and created a map and then... Um, you know, we started sort of building from there. Um, and it was some friends of mine who came up with, well, I'd, I'd come up with the idea of like um, Oliath 2 and things like that. And then some friends of mine uh, added to, to that, um, came up with some others and said, oh, Cthulhu. And I went, oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, Lovecraftian and, and, and I love steampunk. And then so I thought it started to just develop and, and grow because into stuff that I enjoy um, and that I like to see because I know that it's quite popular culture anyway. So things like steampunk, I'm rambling like crazy here, but like... It's fine, um, I did. <laughs> um, but then you've got like... Um, you know, I, li I like the idea of having somewhere somewhere separate because then we could make up the rules for that town. We could make up the laws yeah. for that town. We could make up what's going on in there. And we're not having to worry about getting names right. We can create this town. We can put all the street names in and then we stick to that, um, which is useful when you're doing things like, oh, someone got murdered across the other side of the town who had the opportunity to do it. Um, 
Sure. And then you've got a map and you can go, well, actually, it would have taken an hour to walk from there to there, you know. Um, but as we, uh, you know, and as I got in more and more into it, it's, it just took on a life of its own. And then I got slightly obsessed with it, as I do. And um, so now we have a religion. <laughs> we have now we have 14 religion. No, 13, 13 religions and two cults in Kiltondale. Which uh, it's important to uh, uh, populate your world with things that you can you can play around with. I think if you're going to mm. do that, and having major religions in there isn't a bad idea. In fact, um, I was just trying to think of one. There is, uh, well, I suppose Wheel of Time is a good uh, um, I- instance of that, where. Uh, they have different religions. Well, Game of Thrones as well. You've got two mm. different religions sort of competing against one another in, in that as well. So it's um, it, it's a nice tool, and especially the cult stuff, which mm. features heavily, uh, or I imagine will feature heavily in your uh, yeah. your thing. We yeah. should say at the moment, right now, as we're speaking, um, we've seen one of my scripts, which may or may not change i don't know i haven't looked at it again since we since it was written um and we've seen some of your stuff that is now off to one side and yeah. you're starting again on something else so we've, yeah because I, I, we, we don't um, necessarily know what one another's doing right now but we mm. kind of have a, a kind of a broad overall idea yeah. about what it yeah. is so um, um but that's the thing i mean you know we would when we were creating this, I mean, you were saying it, it is a good idea to have sort of big religions in there and I think some smaller ones, but trying to sort of stay, avoid controversy or avoid hurting anybody who believes in something sure. genuinely. And, a, a, you know, um, the last thing we want to do is upset people or make people feel like they're being targeted. Um, so, so we, we thought, stuff hey, up we'll ourselves. Make, yeah, we'll make it up and then idea. no one can feel targeted. Um, but also we wanted to show the difference between a religion and a, and a cult because they are very, very different things. But there's a yeah. very fine line mm. that sort of goes, that can take it across and it can happen to any religion. Um, and that's one of the things we're, we're looking at and exploring as well. And, and the difference between being, ha- you know, having that healthy religious balance and, and the cult. And I don't want to go too too much into that. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, but again, it's all it's all the tools that we can use as and when things come up. Um, yes, uh, and I, I, you know, you you could still do something which is set in a church and not not um, particularly mention which particular religion it is, and yet it's yeah. still going to make sense to people. That's the important yeah. thing. Yeah, and um, I also like the idea of gods being stuck in a golf course. <laughs> so we, um, yes. <laughs> these ancient gods who get accidentally stuck in the holes in the golf course. So if um, we move along the timeline a little bit, yeah, um, planning and keeping track of ideas. So we, we've we've got mm, the sort of the seeds of, of of the the uh, the universe. We, you you know you you've had you had to create something that would work with the the stuff that you were doing, uh, and mm. it's grown out of that. It's grown out of necessity, I suppose, rather than than being set beforehand and mm. you know have try and make this try and build the storage within it but now that it is there and we used it for viral murders um well first of all how did you keep track of it all in my head up until now um <laughs> and now i'm trying We've to not get really it out needed to until, yeah because now it's more than one writer and now that mm. we're thinking of expanding that to be even more writers if we can then suddenly it needs to be a bit more structured concrete. and a bit more yeah. yeah a bit more concrete needs to be on paper i mean what i do tend what i tend to do whenever i write a um story is i look at what i what previous stories i've done um see how i can tie those in so there's little mentions of previous stories sure. um it, not in all of them if it's in a different town to a previous story you're not going to necessarily hear that but there, you you'll get so if I look at what I've done and every time I write something, I keep a record of it. So I'll keep all the storylines. I write, you saw one of my my story packs. Mm, um, yeah. And it's got all of the storylines, everything I need to know about that particular 
bit and then that sort of gets it's, at some point I'm going to have to go through all of these and put and it into a big it. document we need if, if anybody out there wants to do this for us yeah you're more than welcome we, we, we yeah we, we just we need volunteers to do all the boring stuff for mm, us so. I don't want to so do it can... <laughs> <laughs> I will but I don't want to do it um, uh, it, it, it is a problem because at some point we have to think about the big picture stuff which is yeah. actually getting the episodes written and everything but yeah it's um, I, I would say planning and keeping track of everything is probably the hardest thing because yeah, yeah, there's right. very little in terms of software to be able to track that that i can use because of the way my brain works sure, sure. there's we loads did find of brilliant thing... software for that works for other people <laughs> but we did find a thing called world, world anvil which we haven't really yeah. played around with but uh that looked interesting yeah, uh, it struggled. And, and, I struggled with it because it didn't work with my brain. My brain. Fair enough. It's yeah. And a lot of other people use Scrivener. Um, mm. If you're new to writing, or if you don't know um, uh, what you want to, or if you're not new to writing but you need a little bit of help with something like that, Scrivener is a brilliant tool, and you can set it up to do things however you want to do them. But that initial setup, that's a bit of a bugger. Mm. It's um, it took me ages, to, and I, I like it. I like it a lot, but I don't use it a lot anymore. I used to use it an awful lot because it was a handy place to just keep the writing stuff. But now I'm using Fade In, and it's just it just it, it just feels like a better a better tool. Even though Fade In doesn't do the the, the big picture, this is the plot mm. things. I mean, it would be nice to hear from, um, I think, our audience as well. If, if you, if especially with people who do like LARPing or do, um, you know, role playing of any kind, how do you create? How do you keep track of your universes? Because um, that's a big part of creating yeah. sort of LARP environments, uh, live action role play. If you don't know what LARP means, which is a bunch of adults playing make believe, and it's awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> There is I, a place. I did, did you know special about makeup? The, did you know about the place in, in America? It's like a theme park for LARPers. I need to go there. Why do I not know about this? Well, we'll chat about it at some point. Maybe mm. it'll come up in an extra bit, but mm. we've only got I another know. 10 minutes of this podcast to do because we're trying to keep to a particular time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, give us, you know, tell us how you keep track because that that would be really interesting. Is there software It'd that you prefer to use yeah. and and yeah. and what difficulties do you encounter? Because that's one of the hardest bits for me is, is keeping track of the storylines. And, and, and I think at some point we might have to actually build something ourselves that works oh. for us because we need this information and we need to be able to give this information to other people. That's, that's a, yeah. you know. And unfortunately, really you can't just take it out of my brain, which is would be so much easier. <laughs> um, so alongside that, okay, so alongside that, as we were doing viral mur murders, the world expanded because this mm. was really was the point when I started to write for it because we had websites and we had mm -hmm. other stuff and I wrote the in inserts in that. Yeah. Um, so um, I suppose I could talk a little bit about. It. I don't. I we we did a previous version of this podcast and I brought up the website and showed people and, and I realised that doesn't work on audio. No, it works on the video though. It works on the video, but not everybody's going to see the video. So I think I think what we might do as an extra that is a Patreon-only extra, we might do just a video where we're going through the websites okay. um, and showing people the website and the map. We built a whole map. We spent a whole two weeks playing around with ideas for maps. Um, and then Avadni, who's the other company director, uh, said, oh, I'll go and do that. And then Tash had an idea and they'd finish the map. Because, <laughs> again, hyperfixations, the joys of neurodiversity. Um, I go, oh, I'll have a go at that. I'll only do 10 minutes, four hours later. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> but along with that, we built two websites, uh, Killtech and Kiltondale. Killtech is the big corporation that's in Viral Murders. Kiltondale, of course, is the parish council when, website. When Steve says we, he means he did all the hard work. I mean, work. I did all the work, yeah. yeah, yeah. To be I fair, news I couldn't have done the work had the, the sort of the setup not been there in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, all I did was write the the articles, um, but <laughs> that was it, and yeah. give you a brief, and yeah. then you kind of did and then the, I rest, wrote the rest of you? it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. yes, things things were written as they were needed. So there's, and, and I got ideas from that as well. So there's a there's a um, 
there's a church and the church has a um, a burial thing. And so that was a bit that was put onto the end of the website because that seemed like uh, something that was would have been needed in the town. Mm. And there may or may not be clues hidden all over that part of the website. So uh, that was one of the reasons for doing it, was to get to put a lot of clues and things in. Mm. Um, but as well as that... We also have this whole thing about well now we're time traveling now. So what what happened was <laughs> um, I we were planning out what we were going to do, and Tash said she could probably write about six episodes of the thing, and I thought well that means we can release one a month for half a year. What are we going to do for the other half a year? And so I thought well I could try and write something because I can write. Um, these I'm sure the there's a sarky comment there. My brain's like no, no, no. scrambling for the sarcasm. Just imagine, insert witty comment here. There you go. If you'd like to leave a <laughs> comment to, to let us know what your witty comment yeah. What should I have said? But what witty a, comment should I have said? <laughs> uh, as company directors, we can write. That is that is things that we can do. Um, so I thought, okay, well, if I write six episodes of something, that fills out the other half of the year. And then the initial problem that I came up with was, well, how do I do that now without having to trouble Tash, who's already trying to write six episodes of something herself, <laughs> um, and to get all of the information about Kiltondale. And the easiest thing to do was to go, I know, I'll set it 200 years before, or something like yeah. that. So, it, so mine's actually set in Victorian England, um, uh, around, yeah, uh, late Victorian England at that. But uh, And you're uh, setting in, you, you, you've kind of um alluded to some of the characters or some of the families um yes. in fact powers family um, well, we, because we, because i knew about it i was able mm. to do that but there was a you know it's it's entirely possible that i i'd have done the whole thing and not known about it the <laughs> fact is we talked about a lot of this yeah. stuff as i was building the websites and things because a lot of that information's in either the websites or in viral murders or you know it was stuff that we needed to understand so uh I ha I have now had to come up with my own version of the same universe, which is kind of weird. So some stuff is there and some stuff isn't. And some well, stuff just exists because the story needs it to exist. And I haven't yeah. really figured out where everything is geographically yet. We'll have yeah. to do that. We'll have to have another map for uh, yeah. uh, for old, old Kiltdale. I think it's it's just going to be a case of choosing which towns existed at that point. Um, I mean, I've yeah, carried probably. on. Yeah, sorry, I've carried on one of your characters as well with one of their with great, a descendant, great yeah. descendant or something. Yeah, um, popping we haven't up quite and becoming figured out what, a character. But that's yeah, it's the yeah, same. We family, don't know how, <laughs> <laughs> but this person's going to be related to a character in one of Steve's. So there's going to be crossovers, and we do want to actually do one where they do travel and they actually have to work together because the, my detective and Steve's detective really would not get on. Um, <laughs> I think that would be hilarious. But that's good. Conflict <laughs> is great in in. Um, in drama and in comedy so that's mm. exactly what we want yeah yeah max is max i don't think would get on with with faulkner i don't think i don't think max would get on with windsor either that's the thing. no i don't think she'd get on with either of them um, so Mike, Mike, so Max is is your detective yeah. uh, until now has not had any sort of sidekick character, but I know that you're building one in. Mm, you're about to meet her. Which, it's going to okay, be funny. That's going to be fun. Uh, <laughs> my characters are essentially Holmes and Watson. That's what they're based on. That's mm. the they are they are sort of comic. Um, uh, messes based on those two characters but also who have their own sort of comic filters on them uh called peregrine faulkner and windsor castle uh peregrine obviously being the holmes um crossover and windsor being the watson um thing uh but <laughs> yes he's not a doctor in the same way that that uh that watson is a doctor but he is a doctor and there's lots of, of strange either physics or biology or things that he's trying to do. So in episode one, uh, he's That's he's all I think find... of is custard when I think of Windsor. Yeah. In episode one, he's trying to find the secret of eternal youth. Um and and there's a bit there's a lot of custard in it, but we'll we'll 
we'll leave that for the for the episode to come out. Um, and I think that's, I mean, we will talk about that a little bit more in terms of the difference between our structures and how we approach it, because, yeah. you know, you've gone down the sort of complex comedy route and I've gone down the... Yeah, it was complex comedy with 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 sort of the simpler mystery, and I've gone the other way around, which is yeah. really simple basic comedy with complex mystery on 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 there. So it's it's that very very different approaches to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but yeah, I mean, some of the stuff because traditionally with any kind of murder mystery, it's it's outlandish. You've got to try and go for those. The bigger, the the stupider, the weirder, the better. Sometimes. Um, Often, like, I think, yeah. Sometimes I think that some of those things actually really work, especially. And again, you can you can sort of go back to things like Jonathan Creek, and you can go. Some of that stuff is absolutely ridiculous. But yeah. like, oh, I'm just gonna say the word gorilla um yeah. yes. Th- yes. those those who know will know <laughs> but it's it's a brilliant episode oh, it's a genuinely fantastic oh, episode that one. <laughs> oh dear yes oh, dear. That one. That's with the, one. the old woman yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 i know that one i've only just recently watched all of that box set i except have for to one. watch him again i've got brit box i should be watching these things mm, but i have got into this this because a what I do tends to be a lot of sitting in front of a computer doing work with graphics or websites or uh, I'm putting products together. So that's a lot of work of web graphics and websites and stuff or writing scripts and stuff. So there's a, a part of my brain that is not used for any of that. And that usually gets taken up by the television that I've got sat off to the left and say. And I have things like BritBox because I, I watch stuff that's on there. Uh, and I should... Really, if there's something on BritBox, go, oh, well, I'll watch it on BritBox. But what tends to happen is that I've got a hard drive, which is full of all of these programs that I've got. So I've got Doctor Who here. There's a whole shelf of comedy up there. There's a whole shelf of movies up there. There's about a thousand DVDs up there and Blu-rays. I have to recollect, do my DVD collection because I lost (laughs) a lot of it. And I'm slowly getting there. Slowly getting there. So I've... I've copied a lot of that stuff onto the hard drive, uh, probably at a worse quality than is on BritBox, and yet I will <laughs> always watch it from the hard drive for no reason at all. Other than <laughs> I that's do just that with my DVDs. I do. Yeah. I do that with my DVDs. Like, I've got a little DVD player that I can carry around my house instead of having a TV, right? Yeah. And instead of watching, because a lot of these stuff are on Prime or on Netflix, yeah, I just, yeah. I have to have the box. I like the box. And then... I kind of, it's my collection. I've, and I've then, got out of that habit. That, that is the collection. Uh, I don't have room for anything else. So yeah, at I'm some point it. it made a good, it made sense when there was just an odd film that I wanted to watch. There's, there's a thing uh, that had Martin Sheen in called The Adventurer, which is based on a series of books. Great little film. Nobody liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good fun. Um, that was on Amazon and that was the first one I bought on Amazon. I thought, well... I don't want to go out and buy it as a DVD because I've got nowhere to put it, but I'll do that. And then, and from there on, just having done that, it got me pushed into the, well, I've bought one of them now. I can buy something else. <laughs> yeah, and I so, yeah, slowly I've, I've started going, oh, well, I've got, oh, well, I've got this film, but this version's in HD, so I'm going to buy it on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, I do that a little bit. But then I'll buy it on Amazon, then I'll buy the DVD. And I'm like, why do I have no money? Oh, yeah, that's I, why. Yeah, I, I don't do that. I don't do that at all. I've, I've got Ghostbusters Afterlife was one of the few that I bought recently. And, and I'm not in any rush to go out and buy a DVD version of it, even if it has extra features on, because I've seen the film. You enjoyed the film immensely. Um, but I've seen it now and that's it. That's fine. I just like using my DVD player. And I also just, I like, I don't know, I like the box. I, I just, I like the DVD box. It's, I'm old school. I like to see it there. And then I can go, oh, that one. And, you know. I do love DVD boxes, though. I love the mm, artwork and everything and the, the, yeah. the thought that goes into them. And the, the, the stuff that I do still buy on DVD is Doctor Who. Yeah. They've been doing these things recently. They are I think animations put... of Doctor mm. Who. Oh, that's cool. Um, and these are the these are episodes that were have been missing. They were junked by the BBC in the sixties, seventies, late seventies, I think. Um, and it was right up to the point where the BBC at some point employed somebody. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you'll know who this is because he's famous in the Doctor Who world. Uh, but they employed somebody to. Um, 
go and find missing episodes or episodes they thought were being missed before they got junked. The first day that he was on the job, he saw this pile of stuff in there and there was a whole load of stuff that was Doctor Who that would have been lost to the the world. So there's still a hundred odd episodes of Doctor Who that don't exist as far as we're aware. There's still Mm -hmm. episodes of Dad's Army, Hancock, which we will likely never see again. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, that is our cultural history that is absolutely just missing completely and we yeah. will probably never get back. They do still exist in audio recordings. And so what they've been able to do is take the audio recordings and in this case, this was done by BBC America actually, they've been able to animate, this is, this is the Macro Terror, one of the completely missing things and you've got four animated episodes of that on there and they've been releasing it and it's been very popular but they've just said that they're going to stop doing it which is a real shame um because i think there's a lot of people who were were thinking well this is the way that we finish our collections off and now you can't do that anymore that's a shame Mm. i was gonna say i think we should probably put a little heads up on the beginning of the um our new tagline is two writers attempt to talk about shit and stay on topic (laughs) but fail miserably (laughs) i I don't think i don't think going off topic is such a bad bad thing sometimes but we we have covered a lot today you know we have yeah we've talked about about our dvd collection we've talked about (laughs) no but we've also talked about the universe creation as well and and universe creation i think is 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 essentially what we've just done we we have gone over you know um why to do it in the first place and and you know like we said at the beginning none of this is wrong you know if you do something and it's working for you that's not wrong mm. um and i think a lot of writers get hung up on the idea of i'm not doing it right yeah when in actual fact there's some some very simple rules that nobody talks about really which is doing it right. And the, for the most part, if you're doing it and it's working, then it's right. Yeah. If you're struggling with an idea and you, and you keep hitting a brick wall, the problem, the chances are that the idea just doesn't have legs. So put it aside and you might be able to work on it. Never throw an idea out. That's one of my rules is never throw mm. an idea out. Mm. Keep the idea because you might be able to use it for something else. But if it's not running with that particular thing that you're trying to write, chuck it. Throw it to the side, start again, which is what I did with the with the first two episodes. I sat for ages and wrote two episodes, got to the end of it, and I went, this doesn't have legs for six episodes. I can't mm. make the I can make it to three, but I can't so this isn't the storyline for the podcast. It's a storyline for something else. <laughs> but I've used that to then I've used some of the elements to to base my my um six episode storyline. And this time I actually planned the whole series rather than just episode by episode. Um so yeah, so it, for me is, it's easy. Yeah, to- this is for for my stuff, even though I don't plan nearly as much as Tash does, I've still planned out twenty odd episodes. Um, and it's essentially this is the matter because Peregrine and Windsor, they exist in a, a more esoteric world in the 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 the, they're dealing with more horror, fantasy, sci-fi elements than Kiltendale at the moment is dealing with in the, the modern so version far, of it. Wait. So far, <laughs> this There's, is coming. There is there crossover stuff we've already talked about, about yeah. you know, uh, cults and things like that. But um, it does mean that planning for an episode for me can be, oh well, this one will have a creature from the Black Lagoon idea, and that's it. That's all I have to sort of figure out to begin with. And then that that's, you know, I just go back to that and go, oh, well, this is this episode and then that's, that's it. And you just throw that at these comic characters that have already been created, whose ideas you already know. Um, that's, yeah. Whereas I take a slightly longer approach and go, and I create the... I create a pack for each episode. So I create a storyline for all of my characters. Mm-hmm. So I'll create, I'll write a list of my characters, what role they play and what their key sort of storyline is. And so the role could be witness, killer, victim, primary victim, primary killer, because there's usually a series killer and then, and then there's a, a an episodic killer. Um, and then I, I sort of link them all together. Um, so I write all their individual storylines with a character dossier um and then i link those storylines together to the main storyline and it sort of just intermingles a little bit so i do a lot more in terms of the how each series works so i'll have a rough sort of story so i've got about three series worth of um story for this particular storyline and then 
after that, I might move to a different town. <laughs> Um, or cause I'm, I'm, I was going to do bum and show, but I'm now, I'm now sticking in finger and hold because it is going to be a, these are two towns that we created. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about anything like this. No, we didn't. But we have come to the end of the podcast. We have. <laughs> so um, we're going to have to say goodbye to you for this one. I expect that world building is something that we will return to. And what I'd love to do as we go a little bit further down, so maybe when we've got a couple of scripts in hand, take a look at it again and see how our worlds have developed mm. uh, based on the work that we've, we've done, which yeah. might be fun, might be interesting. Um, mm. Before we go... If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask us, then please do contact us. You can find us at uh, murderingapodcast.com. You can find all of the information on there. There's a link to the uh, Mystery Lounge Patreon. And indeed, some of the information uh, from the website uh, you might not be able to get to unless you are a patron member. Um, that's a new thing I haven't told Tash about yet. Um, if you Ooh, like we've got new exciting things. We, on might, the- we might have. I don't know if I can code it yet. I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, I'm not a nerd. I'm not a nerd. I'm not a nerd. I'm not getting excited over this. Honest. Uh, oh, you just just wait until you we find out we can have a Patreon only shop. That's just. I oh, blew you are shitting me. No, mind. don't. Absolutely blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> but come over there, supporters. Shop stuff goes to this. Patreon stuff goes to uh, Mystery Lounge. We really need your help doing this stuff because uh we want to create good stuff uh for everybody um questions can do you have go on no no i was gonna say um i want to hear about their universes i want to hear what they've created i want to know i like link your websites down you know show us your universe show me your universe that that sounds rude it does Mm. but if you've got ideas and things that you like, any tools that you like, anything like that, Mm. let us know what they are. Um, If you would like to tell us about the universe that you've created, as Tash said, let us know, because that's good fun to to read about. Uh, We may, if we get some interesting correspondence, read some of it out and do some responses and questions and things. Uh, And and most of all, help each other as well, you know, as writers. Please, please, please help each other because that's, we want to create, I mean, part of our goal is to to create an environment within the creative community that's, that's really sort of pushing people to, go back to being collaborative again because that's what the creative community is about is being is, is collaboration rather than and this may come back into something else that I, I'm looking into tech wise that we're going to be able to do uh, with the with patrons uh, we'll Ooh. get access to a bit more community stuff that um, uh, that we we can we can we'd be able to provide because you are paying for it essentially <laughs> uh, but that's all to come on Murdering a Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed Mm. this particular episode and we will see you in the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye-bye. That was Murdering a Podcast. And if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast, the Mystery Lounge, or anything mentioned in the show, please head over to murderingapodcast.com. The music was The Secret of Tiki Island by Kevin MacLeod and the producer was Steve Meller. Until next time, thanks for listening.